0: This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. During the week, uh, Christine, my wife, um, and her parents went to the funeral of a long time family friend. Christine had visited her in hospital not long before she died, and her mother was there as she died. The woman who passed away, Joy, had said some very poignant things towards the end as she took her final breaths. It's not appropriate that I share them publicly, but it got me thinking, especially this week, about last words. Some of you, perhaps, have been with someone when they died. Perhaps a mother, a father, or a loved one, a friend. And you've heard the last words that they ever spoke on earth. I hope they were words that you continue to treasure, but in some cases, unfortunately, they aren't. Have you ever wondered what you would say if you had the chance to speak one more last sentence before you died? I have. Uh, Maybe that's a sign of advancing years. Maybe, uh, Maybe those younger haven't sort of come to that point yet. I'm not sure. I must admit, though, I haven't come up with anything terribly quotable or memorable yet. So I hope I have a few more years to work on that. I did some googling of famous last words during the week. There are some surprisingly funny ones, uh, but again, this is not the occasion to share those with you, perhaps one day in another sermon. But there were also some very moving last words, some very wise ones, and some that were quite troubling. I couldn't help thinking as I read them through that a person's last words before their death reveal a lot about them and the life that they have lived. They often seem to give a real insight into the person's character and priorities. Let me give you a few examples. Entrepreneur P.T. Barnum of Barnum & Bailey Circus fame died in 1891. Apparently his last words were how were the receipts today at Madison Square Garden? As if that made much of a difference to him at that stage. Bob Marley, on the other hand, said money can't buy life. Sir Winston Churchill, the great wartime prime minister of England, uh, his commencement address is one of the most famous speeches in history. Never give up, he said. But his last words before slipping into a coma and dying were, I'm bored of it all. It's pretty sad, isn't it? We've heard that expression from kids, but for someone to say that at the end of their life, someone who had so inspiringly said never give up, His final words were, I'm bored of it all. By contrast, this is what Thomas Becket, Archbishop of Canterbury, said before his death in 1170. I am ready to die for my Lord, that in my blood the church may obtain liberty and peace. One more example, compare that last one with the death of Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin in 1953. His daughter Svetlana recorded this. She writes, the death agony was horrible. At what seemed like the very last moment, he suddenly opened his eyes and cast a glance over everyone in the room. He suddenly lifted his left hand as though bringing a curse down on all of us. The gesture was incomprehensible and full of menace. The next moment after a final effort, the spirit wrenched itself free of the flesh. There is actually one more example. It's the example of the one whose death we are here today to remember, Jesus. Here is part of the account of Jesus' death written by one of his best friends and it's from John's Gospel chapter 19 Carrying his own cross he went out to the place of the skull which in Aramaic is called Golgotha Here they crucified him and with and with him two others one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write, the King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, "It is finished." With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. John says there in the, the last verse of our passage that Jesus bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, that's not a usual way of describing someone's death. In in fact, it's quite a unique way, I'd suggest. The other gospel writers also describe Jesus' death with similar unusual phrases or terms. But they all point to a similar truth, that Jesus was somehow in control of his own death, that he gave up his life, Uh, Jesus himself, had in fact said exactly that during his ministry. No one takes my life, I lay it down of my own accord. Jesus' final words before his death reinforce this truth. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's not in our John reading, but that's uh, recorded in Luke's account. John doesn't record those final words in in his record. Uh, Only Luke does that of all the gospel writers. But John records the second last saying of Jesus from the cross. And only he records this saying. You heard it in uh, our Bible reading at the end there in the last verse. It is finished. Uh, Just one word in the Greek. It is this saying that I want to comment on in the remaining time that we have this morning. What did Jesus mean by that? It is finished. Did he mean something like, well, that's it, it's all over, the game's up, we did our best, but in the end, it's all come down to this? A cry of defeat, is that what it was? I don't believe that's a defensible interpretation. It just doesn't fit with everything else that we know about Jesus. Was he simply stating the facts? My life is over, finished, in some kind of of matter-of-fact kind of way. I think he was doing much more than just stating the facts. After all, there was really no need to do that. It was pretty obvious to anyone there at the cross on the day that he was about to die and that his life was finishing. Perhaps a a cry of relief, relief that his physical suffering was now over, that the agony was finished. Thank God it's finally over. Is that what he was saying? Maybe there was an element of that in what Jesus said. After all, just think of all that Jesus had been through in the previous 24 hours. Betrayal, arrest, abandonment and denial from his closest friends, an unjust trial, whipping on his back till it was like raw meat, the mockery and pain of the crown of thorns pressed down onto his head, the torture and humiliation of carrying his cross through the crowded streets, the agony of the nails hammered through his hands, the excruciating pain, and I use that word deliberately, the excruciating pain of crucifixion. Surely anyone would have been glad for that to be over, even through death, to finally have relief. But for Jesus, it was much more than even a cry of relief. Primarily, I believe it was a cry of victory. Jesus, in saying those words, well, just the one word, but translated. It is finished, was declaring that the work his father had given him to do was now complete. It is accomplished, was his cry. The late Lee, Leon Morris, an Australian, said in his commentary on John's Gospel, John does not speak of the time in which he uttered the word, But elsewhere we read that Jesus uttered a loud cry just before his death. It would appear then that the loud cry was, it is finished. Jesus died with the cry of the victor on his lips. This is not the moan of the defeated, nor the sigh of patient patient resignation. It is the triumphant recognition that he has now fully accomplished the work that he came to do. Here's another quote along much the same lines from Garth Worth Fritz Hansen. The words, it is finished, are also a cry of victory in the sense that Jesus completed, he accomplished what God had sent him into this world to do. In this sense, it is like the athlete who enters a marathon race with the single-minded intention of reaching the finishing line and coming in first. It is like the student finally reaching the goal after years of study, of graduation and a degree. It is like the author or artist who, after years of research and struggle, finally completes their masterpiece their most significant and enduring work. It is like undergoing major surgery and recuperating completely. For John, the words of Jesus, it is finished, are the epitome of Christ's life and ministry. The words are spoken by the King of kings on his throne, which was the cross. Jesus won the victory over sin, evil and death by willingly and lovingly allowing himself to submit to these powers. In so doing, he defeated them. I think that expresses it so well and there's not much more I feel like I can add to uh, what that writer said. So just let me say in concluding that It is through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can have our sins forgiven and experience the new life that he offered and enabled. It is through his death that we have peace with God now and for eternity. Jesus' death was a great victory and that victory cry echoes down through the ages to us. It is finished. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9:30 a.m. and 5 p.m. or on our website at www.nvbc.info.